I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Covenant Living Broadcast. Glory to God. This is my gorgeous wife, Lynn, and I am David Weeder. And you are going to have a good time in the Word, and we are going to have a good time in the Word, and you are going to come out more prosperous, and we are going to come out blessed. And it's just a win-win situation like God designs everything to be. <laughs> we are talking this week about the law of faith. But we're looking at it in a very specific way and with a specific goal in mind. And so let's start off with a word of prayer. And if you haven't done so, make sure you get your Bible, get your notebook, get your favorite uh, uh, um, beverage, uh, you know, coffee, tea, you know, you might need a five-hour energy. I don't know, but (laughs) whatever you need, go ahead and get it so that we can get into the Word. Father, we thank you for this broadcast. We thank you for every person watching or listening to this broadcast around the world. We are so thankful, so blessed to be able to bring the Word of God to people. And I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to minister to the people, reveal to them your will, your purpose, your desires for their success in every area of life, specifically financially living inside the operating system that you call the blessing and that you released in the earth for people, for your people to live life to the fullest and to experience exemption from the, the laws of sin and death and experience promotion, success, and prosperity in every area of life. We thank you for teaching us. We thank you for revealing to us the principles and the laws that govern these things. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, amen, amen. We're so glad you joined us today. Welcome, 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 welcome. Well, we are going to look at our foundation scripture, first of all, which is Galatia, or, uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. And this will show you what we're examining the law of faith in light of. And so it's good to keep this in your thinking because everything that we talk about where faith is concerned is geared towards this for this broadcast. So Romans chapter 8 and verse 2 says, For the law... So this is a law. It's a very specific way of operation. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Now, we've discussed this for many, many, many weeks now. That word free literally means exempt. It's made us exempt from the laws that resulted from sin that governed death and all of the aspects of death from sickness and disease to poverty to lack to coincidences that result in disasters. We are able to be, have the power to be, have the right to choose to be exempt from all of that, all of it, every single bit of it. 
God designed us to live in abundance, in peace, in health, in joy, and in prosperity in every area of our life. That's the whole concept of the Garden of Eden. And he, he released the blessing right then, right there, for, for man to be able to produce that in this earth. But then Adam and Eve sinned. Sin entered the world, death by sin, Romans 5.12 says. And there resulted an operational system called the curse. And those two systems are still in operation today in the earth. Um, we've compared them. We've looked at them extensively. And the law of the spirit of life makes us exempt from the curse and enables us to live in the blessing. And we discussed the fact that there is the law, okay, but then there are operational laws and principles within the Bible, within the law, the scripture. And we looked at a lot of examples of exemption and the fact that each one of them, you can find the word, you can find faith, you can find a corresponding action to your faith. And there are certain laws contained in here, such as the law of faith, the law of sowing and reaping, the tithing. Tithing is a law. It's not, it wasn't under the law as in only, only you know, the book of Exodus in, in the first covenant. No, no, it was in the Garden of Eden, it, and it was during the law, it was after the law, it's in our covenants the whole way through. We'll look at that. But today... We are looking at the law of faith. Well, I didn't know faith was a law. Well, there's this thing called a Bible. And let me show you where it talks about it in Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3 and in... Uh, Let's see. Verse 27. Verse 27. I knew it was here somewhere. <laughs> Where is boasting then? Is it, it is excluded. By what law? Of works? No. But by the law of faith. So faith is a law. It operates according to specific parameters under specific conditions mm -hmm. and when specific things are applied. So we are going to examine those principles and laws of faith this week. So first of all, let's establish what faith is. Okay? A lot of people, you know, you may hear somebody ask you or you may have been asked in your, in your life, uh, what faith are you? And what their meaning is, what is your set of beliefs? Um, either if you're talking about within Christian, Christianity. It's what denomination. What denomination you are. You know, I've heard some people ask about it in regard to, are you Christian or Buddhist Muslim or, or you know, whatever. Neither one of those are accurate as far as an accurate use of the word faith. Faith is a spiritual force. And I really don't know of a better way to describe it than you'll find in Hebrews chapter 11 and in the Amplified Classic translation of this. It just spells it out. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, 
the title deed of things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. For by faith, the men of old had divine testimony born to them and obtained a good report. So by faith, it's something they used to achieve this testimony and good report. And then three, verse 3 goes on to say, by faith, this was what was used, we understand that the worlds the, during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Now, you'll hear a, a lot of times, particularly in, in, in Sunday school or, or things like, or not even in Sunday school, just in regular church circles, God made the world out of nothing. No, he did not. He made it out of things which are not visible. You can't see them with these eyes, but we just read that they were made by faith in the word. Gee, that sounds pretty familiar. That's what you look for in those examples of exemption that we saw all through the history of the word of God. Every time you could find the word, you could find faith, and then you could find corresponding action. Glory to God. I'm going to read this again because there's some of you that may be listening to this via audio and you're, you're driving or something like that. And, and even if you're not, close your eyes. Even if you're sitting there watching us and studying along with us, close your eyes and just listen to this description that the Holy Ghost provided. Now, right now, right there. You know, you can't say now faith a while ago. It updates every time. Now, faith is now. Now, faith is the assurance. It's the confirmation. Faith is the title deed of the things that we hope for. It is the proof of the things that we can't yet see with our eyes. It, faith is the conviction that they are real. Faith perceives them as real fact. When it hasn't been revealed to our senses yet, we, can't, we may, can't see it, we can't feel it, we can't touch it, we can't hear it, we can't taste it, but we know, faith lets us know that it is still a real fact. For by faith, that's how the men of old achieved their testimonies of exemption from all the chaos and the disaster in the world. By faith, we understand that that's how God made the world itself. Glory to God. That's what faith is. It's not a tenet of beliefs. It is a spiritual force used on purpose to achieve the desired end result.
That's why Paul preached the word of faith. That's why we preach the word of faith. Glory to God. Okay. All right. Now that we know what faith is, let's look at how faith works. And you cannot examine how faith works without going to Mark chapter 11. You knew we were going to end up there sooner or later. I know you did. Mark chapter 11 and verse 22 is where we will begin. Now, now, now Jesus just demonstrated this in the first half of Mark chapter 11 with the fig tree. He just laid it out, demonstrated it right before the, the disciples. The disciples asked him about it, and now he's going to go ahead and explain what he had just demonstrated. Okay, Now, in verse 22, Jesus answered them and said, Have faith in God. One translation says, Have the God kind of faith. In the Hebrew, it literally says, Have faith the faith of God. Well, if it's God's faith, it's, the God's, it's God's kind of faith. And if it's God's kind of faith, then it's faith in God. It's just all, it's all the same thing, but it's, it's just it's got a little different facet to it that's wonderful to examine. The other thing, though, is in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So it's scripturally accurate to translate that, have faith in in the Word. So there's a word. We've seen it before <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, that covers you, covers me too, covers her, whosoever shall say, okay, so speaking's involved, unto the mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Now let's stop there for just a moment. We just saw in Hebrews chapter 11 that it was using faith in the word that God framed the world. So let's think about that example for a minute. God absolutely believes, and there is no doubt in his heart, that what he says shall come to pass. So he stepped to the edge of eternity and said, Light be, and he had whatsoever he said. That's the pattern. He, he could not have stepped up there to the edge of eternity and thought, might be, and anything happened. Or, I sure would like there to be some light around here, yeah. thinking that. Yeah. Or, or even if he said, well, one of these days, maybe there'll be a little light come around here. None of that would have worked because it's God that made the system. And he knows how it works. He told us how it works and he uses how it works. That's why the scripture tells us to imitate him. Be you imitators. The, the word, the, the, the King James Version says followers. But the word in Greek actually is where we get our word mimic. And it literally means imitate. That's what we're supposed to do. 
particularly in times past, used to be an insult. People would say, well, they just go around acting like little Jesuses. Well, yeah. Well, but some of that is they didn't even realize what Jesus did or what he acted like. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But, but that is exactly our job description is to act exactly like Jesus. He was our example and it still is. Anyway, let's get back here to, to how to operate faith. So, so you have to say to the mountain, you have to believe it in your heart, not doubt. Uh, and you have to believe that what you say comes to pass. And then look at this in verse 24. Jesus turned right around and said it. He said, okay, all right, now you got to say to this mountain, you got to believe what you say is true. Therefore, I say to you, demonstrated it on the fig tree, taught the disciples the principle behind it, and then said, look, I'm going to use it again. I'm saying to you, <laughs> what a master teacher. <laughs> uh, Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Oh, well, you know, God doesn't, he never said that he'd give us the desires of our heart, just to supply our needs. Whatsoever you desire desire when you pray believe that you receive them when when you pray believe you receive them and you shall have them and when you stand praying forgive if you have aught against any walk in love has to walk in love because he told us in Galatians that faith works by love See how, see how the laws work? See how the laws work? You got to say it. You got to have the word involved. You got to believe it. You got to say it again. <laughs> There's several says in here if you didn't notice. And you got to walk in love. Now, let's take the time and look at another example of this. We talked about um, when God created the heavens and the earth. But let's look over here and get a, a people example in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. And a lot of people refer to this as the story of the woman with the issue of blood, but I have a news flash for you. She no longer has the issue of blood. So, in order to be accurate, you have to refer to that as the story of the woman who had the issue of blood. Because I guarantee you, she don't have one right now. And she didn't have one after she operated the law of faith, which exempted her, listen to me, which exempted her from the biological laws that perpetuated this disease in her body. You heard me. The law of sin and death. How should I say that, Lord? Facilitated laws of sin and death, which are the laws that perpetuate sickness and disease. They infiltrated the economic system and they're the laws that perpetuate poverty. They're spiritual laws that manifest in physical realities. Okay? 
There are spiritual laws of sin and death that manifest in physical realities of sin and death through natural application and twisting of laws. There's also, and we'll get into this probably not, to, not this week, there are natural laws that God put in place in this earth that cannot be changed. But they can be used against people. For example, and I'll just, we'll look at it in detail later, but just so you know what I'm talking about. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay? The laws of combustion that regulate fire are good laws. They have kept people's homes warm for centuries. <laughs> they have just benefited mankind and they operate by laws. You got to have oxygen, you got to have ignition, you got to have, yeah, you got to have fuel, it, it, all these laws. But they were, they're good laws, but they were used by evil against the people of God. The people of God used the word because they had the word that said, thou shalt have not have any other gods before me. They, they had the word. They believed that word. They had faith. And they said to the king, our God's able to deliver us. But even if he didn't, we ain't bound down to your God. So they said, our God, and they didn't even just say he would, he was able. He said he, and he will, he is able and he will. But even in some bizarre universe, if he didn't, I'm still not bound down to your stupid God. They had the word, they believed it, they said it, and the laws that were used against them, the weapon that was formed against them did not prosper. They were exempt from those laws that were being used against them because the law of the spirit of life exempted them from the laws of combustion in this case. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's, that is the essence of what we've been talking about for weeks. They enacted the law of faith. Now let's look here at the uh, woman that used to have the issue of blood. Uh, Mark chapter 5 and verse 25. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. Okay, so let's examine that for a minute. She had a disease. And the natural biological laws and... and, and uh, uh, etiology laws of diseases was perpetuating this disease. Then she also had a whole lot of damage in her body that was caused by people, these other doctors. And then on top of that, the, the, the devil was able to orchestrate these two things that were taking place to result in her total, utter poverty. She was destitute. She spent all that she had. So there's multiple bad things taking place, none of which was God's will. But she hadn't, up to this point, enacted the law of the spirit of life to exempt her from these things. We see that 
all around us today. People just, they either don't know or they don't do what it takes, whatever. But for one reason, they have not enacted the principles and laws necessary to affect their exemption. When she had heard of Jesus, she heard the word, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word. She had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, corresponding action to her faith because the next verse she had said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. She heard the word. She believed the word. She put corresponding action to the word. She spoke the desired end result. And straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power, that word virtue in the King James means power, had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? The disciples thought he was nuts. <laughs> no, not really. But they, they were like, there's people everywhere. Everyone's touching you. What are you talking about? He looked around about her and found her that had done this thing. The woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, thy faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. She enacted the law of faith, which is a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and it exempted her from the law of this sickness. It exempted her from the law of the damage from other people and, it, and, and destruction. And it exempted her from the law that produced poverty and the destitution in her life. And that's, that's how these work. And that's just a good synopsis of the law of faith which is one of the laws of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that we'll be looking at and examining in more detail. Another is sowing and reaping and tithing. We'll be looking at that. As a matter of fact, don't go anywhere because you're going to hear more about that right now. Hey, it's an exciting day today because we're giving you an opportunity to actually do the word found in Galatians 6 and verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate or partner with unto him that teaches in all good things. That word communicate doesn't only mean partner, but it means to, to sow and interact with, get in this thing together. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You know, this is what the women did in Luke chapter 8, the first three verses. It said that Jesus went about all the villages preaching and teaching the word of the living God. And the women who were partnered with him, they sowed into his ministry of their substance. And glory to God, you know, it, it goes on here in Galatians 6 to talk about sowing into the things that are spiritual. That's what you do when you sow into the teaching of the word. And we're, you have that opportunity today. Father, we thank you. I'm asking you to reveal to the people exactly what their part is in today's offering. 
I thank you and praise you. We receive it and we sow it deep into the ground of David Weeder Ministries. And we thank you now for their hundredfold return now in this time. Glory to God. Thank you partners and friends for helping make this broadcast possible. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram. You can also listen to our broadcast on iTunes. For more information about our ministry, contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380.